Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Managing Director, Charts and Data Operations at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. How's it going, Katie? Not bad, Keith. How about yourself? I am... Sleepy? <laughs> yes, because we had an exciting evening, sort of together. Yes. Which we'll talk about in a second. I mean, we went to Taylor Swift again, yeah, guys. We went to Taylor Swift again. <laughs> a highly we un- had to. A very highly unusual thing for uh, anyone to see any tour more than once, I think. Yeah, 100%. And, and uh, we will reflect upon that in, we just, shall. in just a moment. We shall. Because as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition... You can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Travis Scott blasts in at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart with his long-awaited Utopia project. How Dua Lipa hits the top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart with her Barbie tune, Dance the Night. How Morgan Wallen is back at number one on the Hot 100 with Last Night for a staggering 15th total week at number one. And how the legendary Joni Mitchell returns to Billboard's charts with her new live album, Joni Mitchell at Newport. Also on the show, Taylor Swift performed her fourth of six sold-out nights at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California, and Keith and I were there. We're there! Now, as you remember from the previous podcast, we also attended the Eras Tour in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. So we are among the lucky few who have not only gotten to see the show, period, but have now gotten a repeat viewing of it. So what's it like when you see this epic show a second time? What did we notice this time around? We'll talk all about that and more. Plus, in addition to the Eras Tour talk, we'll also talk about how Taylor is the leading nominee of this year's 2023 MTV VMAs. And Keith doesn't know the nominees yet, so I'm just going to throw some info at him. It's been a busy morning, you guys. It has. Above us, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. All right. Let us do the chart chat. First up, 
on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, it wasn't a matter of if Travis Scott would be number one with his new Utopia album, but more a matter of just how big would it be? Indeed. So how big was the debut of his first solo album in five years? Oh, you know, just 496,000 equivalent album units. Of course, as measured by Luminate in the United States in the week ending August 3rd. Now, that is the third biggest week of the year for any album and the biggest for any R&B, hip-hop, or rap set in 2023. In total, Utopia, which has been teased by Scott since at least the summer of 2020, marks his third number one on the chart. He last topped the list with 2018's Astroworld, which feels like a million years ago because probably it is to some people. Uh, Utopia takes over the Billboard Hot 100 songs chart as well as all 19 of the tracks from the streaming edition of the album uh, chart on the tally, led by Meltdown featuring Drake at number three, a debut this week. Scott's total Hot 100 entries now rises to 111, making him just the 15th artist in the chart's history to have at least 100 entries on the list. Drake continues to have the most now with 298. Hmm. And Travis has already live debuted this whole album, by the way. He played in Rome on Monday night at Circus Maximus. Sounded like an epic show with 60,000 fans. Wow. And Kanye West joined him on stage, too. Haven't seen that guy in a minute. Oh, how's he doing? He... I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? But Travis had a really nice intro where he said there wouldn't be a Travis Scott without a Kanye West. And a lot of people are saying about this Utopia album that it's very reminiscent of Kanye's Yeezus project Mm. from a decade ago, 2013. Um, So, yeah. So they're back together again. Wow. Wow. By the way, um, I'm not a, uh, as an aside, I'm not like a Travis Scott, uh, like, expert aficionado. I'm very... Uh, just because I write about the albums chart every week doesn't mean I actually know all of these albums very intimately. Right. But I will say I did actually pay special attention to the track on this album that has Beyonce on it. Mm. I forget the name of it. It's like Delestrio, Delestio. I loved your graph in the Billboard 200 article about all the other artists who are oh. featured on the album who have their own number one albums. Yeah, Beyonce is one of the 10 acts that are featured artists on this album that have had their own number one on the Billboard 200. Mm-hmm. Um, because like The weekends on there, Drake's on there, 21 Savage and so forth. But uh, check out the Beyonce track that's on there. It's, uh, it's pretty, it sounds like it's something that almost was probably recorded for Renaissance if I'm just mm, a gambling man. I don't know. Because hmm. it's very much like basically a Beyonce track hmm. and, and Travis wafts in there. <laughs> there's um, some Travis in the mix. There's some Travis in there. <laughs> um, also, while staying with the Hot 100, Morgan Wallen's Last Night ties Harry Styles as it was for the fourth most weeks at number one on the chart as last night climbs two to one for its 15th week atop the list. To recap... Here are the songs with the most weeks at number one. Lil Nas X's Old Town Road featuring Billy Ray Cyrus, 19 weeks. Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee's Despacito featuring Justin Bieber with 16 weeks. Mariah Carey and Boys to Men's One Sweet Day also with 16 weeks. And then Morgan's Last Night and Harry's As It Was both with 15. A few weeks ago, we talked on the show and contemplated if Morgan would possibly overtake Old Town Road, and I think Katie was thinking that 
the Harry Styles number was achievable. Right, which is here we are. Here we are. Um, and we could not have anticipated the number ones that have transpired in the time since, really, because, no. yeah, it was the Jungkook song and, and then the, the Jason, Jason Aldean, Aldean thing. phenomenon. So, um, so it. Anything. I mean, happen. the fact that Travis didn't get a number one in this buzzy Utopia week. Could mean that last night's going to get another week. I mean, obviously, it's got just like a lot of built-in. I mean, it's, it is a people keep thinking. There's the, again, we talked about this before. There's this vibe of like, oh, no one knows that song. I'm like, no, literally, it's been like the most streamed song just basically for the past four months. You don't just because you, you don't know don't the know song doesn't, doesn't mean, mean other people don't. Like a huge chunk of America actually does know <laughs> the song and has is listening to it repeatedly. I heard someone cover it at the Lobster Fest in Rockland, Maine last week. Wow. <laughs> Along with a Jason Aldean song and a Luke Bryan song. and Well, they didn't do Try That in a Small Town. They sure they? didn't. Oh, oh they, I, thought, I thought you were going to say they sure did. I'm like, no. I mean, it wouldn't be that surprising. Uh, well, in Maine? Yeah. Oh, country music. Massive in Maine. So many country stations. But Maine seems so like, I don't know, like sort of liberal and loosey goosey. I think there is obviously. Stephen King lives there for I think it's kind of like, you know, in a state like Maine where there is a lot of rural area in addition to like Portland. The the one big city. And uh, there are, there is a lot of, I think, progressive and liberal bent, but I think there's also a lot of country and a lot of, yeah. Is there a lot of farms and stuff? In yeah, Maine farms. And, well, and there's just like a lot of trees. Like when you get go inland, it's it like forest. Welcome to the forest. Yeah, basically. Well, welcome, welcome to the rural part of Literally, America. Literally, everything, even the developed parts, are still surrounded by thick uh, pine forests. Clearly, I've never been there. Like I've never been. Oh, apparently, it's a spruce, by the way, not a pine. I called it a spruce or a pine, and they said a spruce isn't a pine. I'm like, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, I've I was been, in Maine for a long time, guys. I've, I've been to New York, <laughs> and that's as far as I've gotten to any of the states Oh, wow. Well, I've been to, well, I mean, I've been to D.C. Boston? No. Wow, so no one New England, really. I've been, like, Chicago, New York, and D.C. You've never been to New England. No. That's, wow. Yeah, so I'm, like, it's, I'm completely ignorant. Oh, my God, you should take a trip to Maine. Yeah, that's great. I, I, you might, you might know about it. I, yes, I spend one-twelfth of my year in Maine. I can tell you about Disneyland. And there you go, and I can tell you all about the state of Maine and their love of country music, the bear. And the wolf, both two different country stations in Maine. I was going to say those are country stations, aren't they? The bear, the wolf, the coyote. I don't know. The wolf was my favorite, if anyone's wondering. Okay. All right. Also in the top 10 on the Hot 100, friend of the pod, Dua Lipa, notches her fifth top 10 as Dance the Night from the Barbie soundtrack, Sachet's 12 to 10. Congratulations to Dua. Um, It's funny. This song has grown on me. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I first heard it, and I think we made this comparison on the podcast, like there is a levitating vibe about it, which was obviously another sleeper hit for Dua Lipa, where it just kind of kept on climbing. And when we wrote a five burning questions about uh, the Nicki Minaj and Ice Spice Barbie world song from the soundtrack, one of the questions was, do we think that... Barbie World or Dance the Night will end up peaking higher. And my money was on Dua Lipa because mm-hmm. I think this song has more legs, whereas Barbie World probably just like burns faster and brighter in the beginning. So Barbie World debuted at number five. I could definitely see Dance the Night climbing to the top five mm. for sure. There you mm. go. There's my prediction. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, what was I saying? I was saying something. Uh, oh, I Let's was. Let's talk about Jason Aldean. No, 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 wait. <laughs> 
I have one more thing about Dua. Sure. Uh, did you see the video that she posted on her socials where uh, she was coming up with the lyrics for Dance Yeah, you sent it to me. Oh, I did? Uh, yeah. I well, remember. I mean, it was when I was on vacation, but I did see it. Katie doesn't look at anything. I try not to, and then I go back and I go through my email when I'm on, and I actually watch also, that. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. You shouldn't. You're on vacation. That's right, We're not, people. No, no one's paying Work-life you. balance, everyone. Um, but uh, if you go check out her socials, because it's interesting, because it, to me it looks like Mark Ronson, who I think did the music portion of he the song. Executive, well, he executive produced the soundtrack, and yes, I think he produced that song. So he basically brought her a shell of a song. Right, she the then, instrumental. Right, because if you watch the video, go watch the video, it looks as if they filmed the cast of Barbie dancing to an instrumental version mm. of the song. Which um, makes a lot of sense given, like, you need... Like the tempo and all of that yeah. for the dancing and also just people reacting to kind of like the ups and downs of the music. Right. Yeah. And then it looks like Duo was watching the playback of the scene and then writing lyrics that fit to what yeah. the characters were oh, doing. Oh, that's cute. That's a, re- that's a really interesting form of songwriting. You can clearly see them watching and thinking, what words can we put with what they're doing? Mm. And at one point, like Margot Robbie, who plays Barbie— does a hand motion where it looks like she's turning, and mm-hmm. then Dua says the word turn. Mm. And then when Margot Robbie walks, sort of walks away from the camera and, like, takes her hand and does this gesture, like, to come along, Dua says, oh, come along for the ride. And most like, people oh, come on. Now it would m- assume, but you'd assume that the song existed, was the other way and then Margot's reacting to the words in right. the song. So that is interesting. So Still oh, haven't seen this movie, guys. Cultural uh, phenomenon. I need to get there. Haven't seen it either, but I know I'm seeing it in the next week or so. Oh, great. Yeah, that's happening. <laughs> All right, so uh, uh, last uh, last thing about the Hot 100. Uh, last week's number one, Jason Aldean's much talked about Try That in a Small Town. Tumbles 1 to 21. Try that in a small town. <laughs> uh, it's down 47% in streams and 85% in sales, though it actually is up 35% in radio audience. Uh, it's the sixth song to fall from number one to outside of the top 20 in a single week and the second of 2023 after Jimin's Like Crazy dropped a crazy 1 to 45 uh, back in April. All right. Well, uh, lastly, the legendary Joni Mitchell is back on the Billboard charts with a new live album, Joni Mitchell at Newport. The set was recorded at the Newport Folk Festival in 2022 during a surprise performance by the star, uh, and it was her first proper concert in 20 years. Brandi Carlisle produced the album, and she shepherded and guided the concert itself last year, collaborating with Joni and an ensemble of players on stage, including Winona Judd and Marcus Mumford. Uh, This album packs quite the emotional punch since it captures Joni's first full show since recovering from a brain aneurysm in 2015, where I think most people assume that— That might be the end of her performing career. Right, and she herself has since then talked about how she sort of had to— Reteach herself how to play the guitar, how to sort of rediscover her voice and her singing oh, voice. Her voice is so, like, hauntingly soulful on this album. Like, Paul actually wrote about this. I know you were going to bring up the Grammys because it's Joni Mitchell and she has the pedigree and, yeah. you know, whether this, this project— seems kind of like a shoe-in. Yeah, and, but his question was an interesting one because he was asking, will this be classified as folk pop or traditional pop because she's been nominated in all three categories. Folk. I think so too. It's, got, it's right there in the festival if, if, name. If, if there is a category for folk albums, like, yeah. Uh, then yeah, I would go there. 
Um, and I traditional pop, the way they've kind of expanded it, could also make sense. Oh, though. right, yeah, they've changed the categories this year, and they could also take a couple selected tracks and like maybe slot like one track into pop performance by mm-hmm. duo group or something. Because mm-hmm. um, this very much is an ensemble. Album. Oh my god! So then I watched the video of her performing "A Case of You" with Brandy Carlisle. Brandy Carlisle's voice is just so great. But then to hear her with Joni, who obviously like wrote and you know originally right. performed the song, uh, it's like Brandy's you know carrying the weight of like the you know higher stuff. But the way Joni harmonizes with her is just chilling. It's so good. Yeah, so good. Uh, well, here's the chart numbers. Uh, yes. Joni Mitchell at Newport debuts at 167 on the Billboard 200 chart and at number nine on the Americana Folk Albums chart. On the Billboard 200, it's her 24th album to chart. Should we talk about Taylor Swift? Uh, yes. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, Keith and I both attended the Eras Tour stop on Monday night in Los Angeles, technically Inglewood, California, at the SoFi Stadium. Inglewood's always up to no good. Very true. Um, And we also previously attended the uh, first night in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium back in March. So we had sort of an interesting perspective uh, coming into the show because, first of all, we were motivated to see it again. I think that speaks volumes because a lot of times when you see a concert, not that you're like, you know, bored and don't want to see it, but it's like you've already seen it. You know, why do I need to see it again with Taylor? There's so much going on over this three and a half hours that, like, literally I saw so many new things that I didn't notice the first time around or that she subtly shifted and changed or, you know, evolved um, over the course of, what, four months, five months that she's been performing this crazy tour. Um, But we thought it would be interesting to kind of look at what it's like to see this concert more than once. Which some of our colleagues have done as well. Tetris Kelly and uh, Tiffany Taylor, both in video for Billboard and for THR, respectively, um, have are huge fans and have gone to see it in multiple cities, multiple dates. Um, So why are people seeing this multiple times? I guess is kind of the question to start. Uh, Is that a question for me? Sure. I mean, I wanted to see it a second time because... I thought that I would have a different vantage point from mm-hmm. where I was sitting last and time. And you did. And I did. So the last time I saw it, I was um, in seats off to the side, um, sort of up a little bit. Still great seats. And I got to see sort of a more kind of full picture from the side of what the full stage looks like above it, um, also with the screens. And whereas Katie was on the floor last time so she had a she was very close last time in Vegas and i was in like right in front of the center catwalk and so you know when they're performing the bulk of the show back on the main stage that's about as far away from me as you could possibly get yeah. but when she comes to the center especially during the surprise acoustic song set uh, she's right next to me and i couldn't be any closer yeah. to her i mean so i mean i wanted to see it again because uh, it was a very enjoyable show when I saw it the yes. first time. And I thought, oh, I could see it from a different angle and be closer and get a sort of a different vibe. And also, um, I, I knew that there would be different songs that I didn't see before because mm-hmm. she does the two surprise songs every time. Um, and I also knew that there would be adjustments to the set list in general, which because I was following along from the wiki set list. Yep. And, I, and at one point, I'm like, uh, this isn't on the wiki set list. And I... Asked Deb next to me. I'm like, what are you looking at? She's like, oh, I'm looking at the set list FM site. Yep. And I'm like, oh, no wonder. So she had already tweaked the set list since yep. when we saw there, her. There are, I think, 
as far as I can remember, three different points that she's changed it since we saw her in March. Um, the first one uh, that people paid special attention to back in March in the wake of her breakup with her longtime boyfriend was that she stopped performing the song Invisible String mm. um, and she swapped it out for The One from Folklore, which is the opening track from Folklore and my favorite song on Folklore. Oh. So I was thrilled to see that on Monday night when we didn't get to see it in Vegas. Uh-huh. And then the other place is she had Haim as her openers. She's had them for the last three cities in Santa Clara, Seattle, and now L.A. So she does Nobody, No Crime. She does Nobody, No Crime with Haim, and that replaced an Evermore song that I'm spacing on right, right now. But we saw a different Evermore song that started the Evermore set, but this time it was Nobody, No Crime. And then, since we saw her, she released the re-recording of Speak Now. And so we only saw Enchanted during our set with the big, beautiful dress. And that was the one and only Speak Now song. Mm -hmm. She's added Long Live, and she brings out this special guitar to her. I'm not sure if you've read about this at all, but the blue guitar she performs with for Long Live is called the Koi Fish Guitar. And Uh, she apparently had it taken out of, like, a Nashville, you know, Taylor Swift Exhibit to bring it out on tour because it's the one she performed Long Live with during the Speak Now tour back in the day. So, yeah. So those are the three spots where the set list has changed. And actually, we got an extra song, you know, as if this set list or concert needed to be any longer. But we got one more um, one more song because we got the bonus Speak Now track. Right. And then, of course, you know, so though, I mean, also because. Uh, Full disclosure, I've never been to SoFi Stadium. I hadn't either. That was my first time. This was the first time that I got to go see anything at SoFi. Mm -hmm. So that in in itself was an experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, a technological wonder that place is. So many screens. a beautiful (laughs) venue. It was really magically. We're not being paid by SoFi. No, it was really magically (laughs) run by all the people who work there. Every single human being that I interacted with. Pleasant. Pleasant, smiling, friendly. Have a great night. Have a safe ride home. Stay safe. All the Swifties were giving uh, friendship bracelets to like the security guards and the people working concessions and it was like noticeable how professional literally every single human was that I interacted with. Okay, the only person that was not I will, yes. Yeah, no, because I had a whole kerfluffle with the parking. Um, oh no! And it, they were like, "Oh, we're out of parking." Oh. And I'm and I'm like, "Well, what do I do?" They're like, "Well, just turn right and then go to the end, and then I'm gonna let them know." So like, there's this trail of cars, and we're all just like going down this aisle, and there's no space. Hoping you left, find something. Hoping I find something. And there's like some parking attendant dudes who are in front of like barriers, mm-hmm. and we're all like can we park somewhere? Can you move the barriers so we can keep driving? And so they move the barriers. <laughs> a, a, a suburban in front of me is just like, I'm going to park in this spot and just park. Like parks, invented a spot. Invented a spot. Leaves me now. I'm the head of the line. I pull up and I see a small space like behind like a big like van, like a caravan that's big enough to fit my small car. Mm-hmm. But technically, it wasn't probably a technical space. So I pull up, and there's a parking guy there. And I'm like, hey, is it okay if I park there? And he just looks at me, and he's like, hmm? Uh, okay. I'm like, I'm like, is that a, are you saying no or yes? He's like, hmm. I'm like, are you not, <laughs> are you not talking to me because you don't want to claim responsibility? Right, exactly. And he's like, hmm. I'm like, 
Okay, I'm just going to park here. <laughs> mm. Hope I, my car's here when I'm I get like, out. And I'm like, this is not a good start. This is very frustrating. Oh my God. But then after that, every single human <laughs> I interacted with at SoFi, from picking up amazing. the tickets to uh, concessions to the people, like, where's the bathroom? Where's the exit? Where do I go? Where's the stairs? Where's the elevator? Yep. Everyone's smiling, friendly. Now, maybe it was just because it was a Taylor Swift crowd and everyone there was like, happy, happy, happy. I mean, I there's know. that. There's and I, that. actually, speaking of the crowd, that was one of my biggest revelations because, like, no shade to, like, Las Vegas love the city, by the way. But they were real sleepy, I thought, during Evermore and Folklore. Mostly everyone was sitting down in my section in Vegas in mm. March. And I think they thought, oh, this is the moment where we just, like, take a pause. It's a long show. I get it. Like, I get the pause. In L.A., everybody went just as hard for the ballads as they did the, like, top 40 I hits. I think that's a Vegas thing. Well, I, I was wondering if it's like you what? don't want the party to stop. You're like all jazzed up and you're like, you know, not trying to have eight songs in a row with like a. There also could have been like maybe some like a lot of sort of high roller casual fans who got oh, yeah, a bunch of maybe. floor seats and yeah. like they don't, they're not as hardcore as like the Swifties maybe, in LA. Maybe that's it. But I have to say like it, it elevated the show for me having the energy of everybody around me be yeah. as high and excited as I was. Well, you don't want to be the only person like dancing amongst I a know. sea of people sitting down. Oh, and also can I say uh, I've never seen Heim live and I love them. And so I was thrilled, like almost as thrilled to see Heim as I was to see the Airs tour again. As Taylor noted, in their hometown. In their hometown. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, by the way, I posted a six best moments from our show um, late Monday. And so please check that out if you're interested in learning more. Um, so I've only seen, uh, I don't know, is there a next question? Do we have a series of questions? No, go, go ahead. And I was just going to say, I, this is, I was going through my brain to think of how many concert tours I've seen more than once. Okay. What um, are they? Prince. I saw Prince twice for his musicology tour. Prince really shook things up with his set list, though, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Like, I looked at the two set lists because I distinctly remember hearing Sometimes It Snows in April and at one night, and he didn't do it at the other okay. night. So his set I list that. actually did. Ch- I mean, mm-hmm. the core of it was still the same, mm-hmm. but there was like probably like a good, like I don't know, six songs that were different. Mm-hmm. So you would you would be kind of guaranteed seeing a different set list each yeah. time you saw Prince, which is kind of like a Springsteen, Pearl Jam yeah. thing. You know, you know, rock stars, they do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, pop stars, generally not so much. That's why for Taylor, it's kind of unique that she's doing two surprise songs each night. No, I, <laughs> I love that element. And also, she's brilliant because we have something to write about her shows every single night. If anyone was wondering, by the way, our surprise songs uh, on Monday night were Dress from Reputation. And Exile. And Exile by herself. So there was definitely a lot of people who were expecting to see Bon Iver emerge from the, you know, side of the stage, uh, you know, to do their duet. It was actually only the second time Taylor's performed it, and it's the first time she's ever performed it solo, because she showed up at Bon Iver's concert in London last year and did it, it like live debuted it with the only other time Justin Vernon. Yep. Oh, only wow. other time. And so and then she also performed it on like the long pond sessions that you can watch on like Disney Plus, that's but that's it doesn't a, count. It wasn't there wasn't a crowd. There wasn't a crowd. Um so this was the first time she's ever performed it solo. And um it was really a very cool experience the way that the crowd picked up like, um, you know, Justin's parts and kind of like 
helped her out with the harmonies and stuff on the bridge. And she kind of did both parts, too. She, like, sang his parts and then switched over to her part. And then the crowd would, like, adapt with what she was doing and, like, sing the other, you know, parts. Like, the fact that they didn't know that they were coming in to that. And yet they were prepared to back her up. Um, I, I was going to finish. Uh, I saw I saw Prince musicology twice. Oh right, we didn't get. I back didn't, to didn't that. finish that. Um, I saw Kylie Minogue's Aphrodite tour hmm. twice in a really unique situation where the first time I saw it, it was in London at the O2 Arena, and I knew that um, that would be the only opportunity to see it in its full kind of full spectacle, where it mm. had like all the water features because it has these mm-hmm. big fountains that shoot up as if you're at the Bellagio in Vegas or something, or if you're in LA, the Grove. Um, much more elaborate. Yeah. <laughs> and then I saw it at the Hollywood Bowl in a more scaled-down version. So it was the same kind of show, but it lacked all these special effects. Bells and, and whistles. Bells and whistles. And, uh, oh, sort of counts. I saw Britney's Piece of Me in Vegas twice. Oh, yeah. Um, I think d- that counts. I saw it opening night. I saw it once. Um, and then I saw it with you later. I think anything I saw repeat was almost accidental where, like, you know, somebody had a really successful tour and, and tacked on extra dates and came back around. So, yeah. like, I'm pretty sure I saw, um, like, a Coldplay tour, like, multiple times, but, like, two years apart. It's like, yeah, seeing, So like, that doesn't really count. It's like seeing Elton John during the Goodbye Yellowbird exactly. Road four years apart. I'm like, is it really the same show? Exactly. Sort of. So I have those. I don't think I have any examples of uh, seeing the literal same tour until now. Seeing Taylor was was uh, pretty pretty staggering to see it a second time, and I know that I was very lucky to do so. And so she added on new dates, uh, by the way, North American dates. It's her first Canadian dates in Toronto and then a series of other U.S. cities. Um Maybe she'll end up adding more L.A. dates in, like, in 2024. We don't know. But maybe we'll see it again. <laughs> oh, be, beyond the dates she already added yes, in 2024? I, I feel like there's a real possibility that, like, it, it depends on her fatigue, this I would think. Because she's going to, you know, Europe and South America and then coming back for these other North American dates. So it's when, just a lot. There, there, uh, yeah. And by the way, she's also the top nominee at the uh, MTV Video Music Awards. Did you know that, Keith? So those, nom- those nominations came out this morning, August 8th. They sure did. Um, um, and I uh, I have them in front of me. And we'll just start with the biggest one, which is, of course, Video of the Year. And uh, Taylor's Antihero is nominated for Video of the Year. Real quick, Doja Cat's Attention, Miley Cyrus's Flowers, Nicki Minaj's Super Freaky Girl, Olivia Rodrigo's Vampire, Sam Smith and Kim Pentress's Unholy, Scissors Kill Bill, and Antihero. Those are the nominees. Okay, the only one in there that sort of is a, hmm, really, is Doja Cat. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a very visually impactful video, but right. um, I'm a little surprised. That it's that also crazy to see, like, Super Freaky Girl, which came out a million years ago. Yeah. That song is from, isn't it from last It must have August? just it must the have missed the cutoff. Yep, it must have missed the cutoff of nominees last year. I didn't know they have an artist of the year oh, category. Is yeah. that new? Song no. of the year? Like, was those, anyone asking for that from the VMAs? Those have been around for a few years now. I'll throw a few other interesting ones out. Best new artist, we have Glorilla, Ice Spice, Khalili, Peso Pluma, Pink Panthers, and Renee Rapp. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't know what else is necessary to call what, out. How many? How many? Uh, how many nominations in total does uh, Taylor so have? So Taylor has eight nominations. Oh, wow! All right. SZA has six, and then Doja Cat, Kim Petras, Miley Cyrus, Nicki Minaj, Olivia Rodrigo, and Sam Smith have five, and Blackpink, Diddy, and Shakira have four. Diddy? 
That's correct. I said Diddy. Wow. Okay. Um, and we have not yet found out who will receive the Video Vanguard Award this year, but I have to say the like, you know, the news of Taylor being the top nominee feels like she could be a real possibility. Does she have a tour date on the day of the VMAs? Um, well, I mean, we know the North American dates are wrapping this week at SoFi, um, and I'm assuming I don't think Europe starts until the fall, so I think she might have a break. What, what, what day is the VMAs? It is Tuesday, September 12th. She does not have any dates. There you she go. Has full, she has all of September off. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Andrew wrote an article for Billboard.com kind of like talking about the odds of who could get the Video Vanguard Award, and he put Taylor at the very top, and that was before she was the top nominee May, for check, the year as well. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So... Is that it? That's it. All right. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Well, revisiting Joni Mitchell for a moment. Katie, which of the following artists has not charted a Hot 100 hit with a cover of a song written by Joni? Oh, interesting. Okay. Your, your options are mm-hmm. Counting Crows, Amy Grant, Sarah McLaughlin, or Prince. Which of those four has not charted on the Hot 100 with a cover of a Joni Mitchell-pinned song? Well, I can can name the Counting Crows one, so I'm ruling them out immediately. Um, And my first guess is going to be Sarah McLaughlin. She charted with River. uh, My second guess is going to be, (laughs) no, what year was it? Uh, 2006, it hit number 71. My second guess will be Prince. That is correct. Okay, that was going to be my first guess. So Counting Crows took Big Yellow Taxi to number 42 in 2003. Amy Grant also took Big Yellow Taxi to number 67 in 1995. And Prince, though he has covered A Case of You quite mm. famously. Oh, I love that song. And, and that song is featured on the compilation album A Tribute to Joni Mitchell, which was released in 2007. Uh, the song itself did not chart on the Hot 100, uh, though that album did hit number 103. On the mm. Billboard 200. Janet Jackson doesn't really count, huh? God Till It's Gone is not really a cover so much as like a sample or an interpolation. Correct. And I got, actually sample because it's Joni's sampled. actual voice is on it. Right? right. But God Till It's Gone didn't chart on the Hot 100. It didn't. No. A travesty. Well, it's not a travesty. Was it not released as a single? It wasn't released. Was as it commercially a, released as it, a single? It wasn't commercially released <laughs> as a physical single back in the day because she could have released a physical single. Interesting. Apparently they didn't want to do she that. She didn't want Q-Tip to chart. Mm. I don't know. Joni Mitchell never lies. Yeah, it's true. All right. Uh, there you have it. A little trip down Joni Mitchell memory lane uh, in the chart side of the week. All right. Freewheeling chat about Taylor Swift and seeing her a second time because, uh, you Maybe know. we'll go to Mexico next. <laughs> She Actually, had, she does have North American dates. She's got Mexico, more North American dates. Sure. <laughs> I think it's, those count as her Latin America dates is how she's phrasing that one. I mean, does she have any South American dates yet? Uh, yes. She, oh, she does? Yeah, she, oh, she a, does. She Ar- has a Latin American. She has leg. Argentina and Brazil. That's the one that Sabrina Carpenter is opening for. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sabrina's opening Mexico, Argentina, and Brazil. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, also Australia. Mm. And Singapore, God, man, Sabrina Carpenter is on a million dates. Man. Good grief. That's a great great combo, Sabrina and Taylor. And then Paramore is the opening act for basically all of the European dates. That's awesome. Goodness gracious. This, 
do? How many more albums will she release while the Eras tour is still going? Well, she still has three re-recordings to go. Oh, and she did tease uh, the 1989 re-record at the end of the I Can See You video. And a lot of people are bringing up the fact that Wednesday's show in Inglewood is 8-9, August 9th. So 1989 is right there in the date. So, oh, so the, fi- so the final show of the initial American dates mm-hmm. is 8-9. Correct. Oh. Taylor doesn't make mistakes. She's absolutely. Okay, I'm fully <laughs> expecting for her to announce the re-record on stage. We'll see. With the video. We'll talk about it on next week's podcast. All right, see you next time. Wait, wait, wait. What song do we go out on? <laughs> what song do we go out on? I think we should go out on a 1989 song. Yeah, which one? Um, let's go with, actually, it's a bonus track from the deluxe edition, but New Romantics, please. All right. See you. Okay, we'll do that. See you next <laughs> Okay, we'll do that. See you next time. Oh, no. Okay, we're, that's it. All right, bye. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.